0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness.
1: You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points.
2: Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead.
0: Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 9 20 a.m. Here's your boy Q.
3: Got my man, Damon Cotton, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio coming off a really good day of radio so far. The morning tailgate led us off with Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, and Vinny Bossignor from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Just wrapped up with JT the Brick from noon to 2, and myself and DeMond will take you home 2 to 5 p.m. It is Wednesday on the calendar, so what that means, Raider Nation, uh, Raider Nation and anyone, matter of fact, in the NFL world, is the fact that uh, teams start to turn the calendar, start to turn the page, and start to look forward to the next game up on the schedule. And, of course, the next game up on the schedule is the Chiefs on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Excited about the next three hours going to be with you. Got a lot of good guests that we're going to get to. And before we even start talking about the guest lineup that we have coming up on the show today, of course, it's weird circumstances that nobody anticipated uh, at all of this season. You never can anticipate the situation that happened on Monday night football with DeMar Hamlin there in Cincinnati. But uh, all these teams are doing the very best that they can to move forward. Again, today is an actual work day. You know, Monday is a day when you talk to coach. Tuesday is players off. And then everyone's back at the facility on Wednesday. That includes the Raiders. So as Joshua Daniels talked to us today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center around 11 o'clock, a few minutes after 11 o'clock,
4: he opened up with this statement. I'll start uh, by um, obviously sending our thoughts and prayers uh, to DeMar Hamlin, his family, um, the entire Buffalo Bills organization, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, um, the entire NFL community, all the players uh, that go out there and um, play the game that we love every week. Um, Obviously, Monday night was a scary uh, situation, and, um, you know, I think, There's a there's you know a lot of um, feeling and sentiment you can tell in our building and I'm sure around the league Um, uh, just concern for um, you know his his well-being and as it should be and so um, I thought that Sean and Zach did a great job um, you know of of handling the situation as um, you know obviously as well as they could the other night and. you know, we'll continue to be thinking about them and hoping for uh, good news. Obviously, as we as we go through the week. So, um, you know, it's a it's a it's a difficult situation. I think the players. We did a good job this morning. Our doctor, Dr. Singh, uh, educated them a little bit on um, you know what we know about that scenario, um, just so they have peace of mind about you know what actually occurred, as best we know it. Um, and all of our support staff and uh, coaching staff, everybody uh, that the players would need uh, are here today. We'll be here all week in case they need anything else. But, uh, uh, again, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, DeMar and his family and, and the entire Bills organization.
3: So that was the opening statement right there from head coach Josh McDaniels. A little side note from what he had to say there. He talked about Dr. Singh. We'll actually have the Raiders Dr. Singh on our show tomorrow at 3.30, so you can go ahead and bookmark that. That's going to be a go and just talk about what, you know, what he talked about with the players today. And So just kind of wanted to start off the show with that and just let you know where the frame of mind is inside the building, where they're coming from as they all got back to work today. And So one more follow-up question I had was you know, how, how difficult is it trying to process what's going on without knowing what's going on because all we're waiting for is answers, and it's really difficult, but then at the same time get back to a work week.
4: I think the the thing we just talked about this morning is is that um you know we 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 did talk about all this you know and i think that's a good thing and if we need to talk about it more we will Um, and any resource that they need available to them um, is going to be made available Um, i think that um, we'll do the we'll do the best thing we can in terms of blessing them with our effort and uh, attention to detail so that we can Um, you know, do the right things and be, you know, as competitive and as ready to go on Saturday as we can. Um, uh, Certainly, you know, if, if anything else is needed in the next three or four days here, then that'll trump that. But, um, you know, each each person handles it differently, Q, you know, so I'm not going to tell them how to deal with it, you know, in terms of their feelings or the way they go about it. Um, just try to do the, the right thing by the players and help them as much as we can to get ready, um, you know, to play our final game.
3: So there's head coach Josh McDaniels. And, again, just kind of wanted to let you know exactly what the feelings inside the building, as much as we can gather from the sounds that we had from head coach Josh McDaniels, the conversations earlier today. Again, we'll talk to him coming up later this week on Friday. Right now, Jarrett Stidham, he's talking at the podium, and Devontae Adams will be talking a little bit after that, and then there'll be some locker room action, and we should get some player sounds, what their feelings are from the locker room, including DJ Turner, a guy who went to Pitt, a guy that played with uh, DeMar Hamlin for a year at Pitt. So interested to see what he has to say, uh, because that's near and dear to his heart. So uh, as we get stuff in from Vinny, as he likes to send us uh, some audio from the locker rooms on, on the weekly and on the daily, we appreciate that. We'll get it to you on the airways, but coming up on the show today excited about it as again uh, starting to turn the page like the rest of the league is Josh Klingler Sports Radio 610 he joined us uh, in week five as the Raiders were preparing for the Kansas City Chiefs he'll join us again to talk about what's different what's different between the Chiefs in week five to who they are right now heading into week 18 they got a lot to play for Right. And they've done a really good job in year one without Tyreek Hill. And, you know, all the questions that we all had is what they were going to look like without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they passed those tests with flying colors. They've looked just fine and they've done their 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 due diligence and they've handled their business. So Josh Klingler from Sports Radio 610 will join us at 230 to talk about Kansas City and the Raiders week 18 at Alleg- Legion Stadium. Then at 3 o'clock, very excited about this conversation. This is going to become a weekly conversation for the next, like, three or four weeks. That's Eric Galco, Director of Football Ops for the East-West Shrine Bowl. We talked to him when the tickets went on sale. Again, the game is going to be played at Allegiant Stadium. We will have tickets to give out to this event. We talked to him when the tickets went on sale originally. Now we're going to talk to him about some players that are actually going to be in attendance because the rosters are being put together. And when I say that there's some players going to be at this East-West Shrine Bowl, I mean, you look at some of the roster. There's guys that are going to be playing on Monday in the National Championship game, going to be at the East-West Shrine Bowl game, right? Uh, DTR from UCLA, the quarterback that we just talked about the other day, and there's a few question marks on him, he's going to be in attendance at the Shrine Bowl. I mean, this is no no slouch. You know, These aren't slouches that are going to be at Allegiant Stadium. These are dudes that are expected to go in the draft, go highly in the draft, and have very successful careers. And if you look at the history of the Shrine Bowl, that's what they've had. So I'm excited to talk to Eric Galco, especially as the season's getting wrapped up. And we start to focus our attention on what the Raiders are going to do in the offseason and what it could look like as far as the draft and where they're slotted for the draft. And these next few weeks of talking with Eric Galco are going to be a lot of fun. So he'll join us at 3 o'clock. 3.30, Paloma Villicana, Fox 5 Sports. She joins us every Wednesday to talk all things UNLV as DeMond's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio right now with his UNLV hoodie on. And, DeMond, I got to start with you, man. I got to ask. You know it's going to be the first question we ask Paloma Villicana. Actually, it'll probably be the second thing we say to her because we first got to salute her and her TCU Horn Frogs for playing in the National Championship game this upcoming Monday. But right after that, we got to get down to business, man. UNLV, Bobby Petrino, the big name, offensive coordinator, coming to UNLV is going to help this Rebels team have that high-flying attack. He's bounced. He is gone. Announced today he is not going to be the OC for UNLV. Instead, he's going to go to the Lone Star State, head out to College Station, and join Jimbo Fisher there at Texas A&M. What were your thoughts when you saw that?
5: I'm disgusted, Q. (laughs) I'm literally disgusted.
3: I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you, and I know you're not laughing.
5: First, we got Chris Beard went to Texas Tech. Yep. Jimbo Fisher comes and take our offensive coordinator. I got a problem with the entire state of Texas at this point.
3: Hey, take it easy, man. <laughs> take it easy, man. I got some ties to Texas, man. <laughs> but but
5: legitimately, when you see Tulane beat USC in the cotton bowl. Yeah. And you see you see the tweets like, why couldn't that be UNLV? Right. If UNLV can build the right program. Why can't they be Tulane?
3: Right. And this is why. Right. Well, and, and it, it's, it makes me sick. I don't understand why UNLV keeps being the, you know, left at the altar. Let's just put it like that, right? Yeah, okay, I do. Well, let's get to the church first. And then all of a sudden, when it's time to say I do at that moment, it's like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, Chris Beard, as you mentioned, who uh, went to Texas Tech and did some really good things there, got them in the national championship game as far as the hoop squad goes, and uh, they end up losing. He gets a big-time job at Texas. Right now he's in hot water, so maybe it's good that he's not uh, at UNLV, but uh, he's in some hot water right now. Who knows what his career is going to look like when he, it resumes, if it resumes. And then all of a sudden, Bobby Petrino, the guy that probably shouldn't be leaving anyone at the altar, but – it's been there, done that before, right? You know, it was, it was funny. We were in the the Raiders media room today waiting for uh, head coach Josh B. Daniels to talk to us when Adam Hill saw the news first. He was the first one to alert us to it. And I was like, man, Bobby Petrino? And so, of course, the the, the joke started rolling out. Well, did he leave a note? And then I jumped up and said, did he leave on a motorcycle with an un- uh, unidentified woman on the back? <laughs> <laughs> And then Vinny said, I don't even think he ever made it to town. So, you know, that UNLV became the butt of jokes. Not that, not that we should have made him the butt of jokes, but, man, it's just always it's like, man, they just can't have nice things, right? Just can't have nice things.
5: And this is why, kids, use the transfer portal as much as you want. Don't believe anyone where they say, Oh, you're leaving schools, oh, like no loyalty, or anything like that. Cause I'm sure at least a couple of recruits. Oh, I don't yeah. know if they like transferred to UNLV, but we're probably thinking, hey, this is gonna be a good thing. Yeah. This guy's gonna help me take take help take me to the next level. Being in a Bobby Petrino offense.
3: Exactly. Now right. look. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That's that is nothing. Hey man, you're not wrong. That is that is spot on. I guarantee that there's some guys, and we'll ask Paloma about it. There's some guys that committed to UNLV because they thought that they were going to be in that high-flying offense by Petrino, and that was going to help get them to the next level. You are spot on when you say that. So we'll talk to Paloma coming up at 3.30. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black. He'll join us at 4 o'clock, and I know he joined JT the Brick Show yesterday, but I wanted to have him on today just to talk about turning the page. Uh, we exchanged a few text messages last night, and he told me straight up, he's like, Q, I don't know if the Raiders should be playing on Saturday. You know, so we'll ask him uh, his feelings on that, his feelings on the whole situation going on that he saw go down in uh, in Cincinnati on Monday night with Demar Hamlin, and you know how it is, just getting these players back out there on the field. And I know for some players, they probably are like, "Hey, I need to, I need to get back out there on the field and get my mind away from everything else that's going on." I understand that. I'm I'm kind of built like that. I'm the kind of creature like that where uh, whatever's going on, uh, if I got some some issues going on, I would rather just work, 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 work. And I'm sure DeMond's thinking that, like, man, you must always have issues because you'll never want to stop working.
5: <laughs> I can't think of the situation where you would prefer to not work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's just what I do, man. There's there's guys that are worker bees, and there's guys that are you know that that sit th- sit on the throne and they and they just uh, they have others work for them. I, I'm a worker bee, man. I can't help myself. That's just what I do. But we'll talk to him about uh, the game coming up. That's Jason Horowitz again, Raiders play-by-play voice. A uh, really good dude, man. Became a really good friend of mine, so I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, we'll talk to him about the game, the season wrap up, and what he saw from Jarrett Steenham because that's important as well. As him and Lincoln Kennedy were on the call that's coming up at four o'clock. And then I mentioned Adam Hill from the RJ and also our sister station ESPN. Las Vegas. He'll join us at 4:30 fresh out of the Raiders locker room and uh, he might have got a chance to talk to DJ Turner. We might get some sound from DJ Turner uh, in that Raiders locker room but just kind of get the vibe around the team and what he wants to see from the silver and black in their final game. It's no like you go into this game and you win and there's a chance that you get in. No, everyone knows it's done deal records after Saturday. As soon as that game says zero, zero, 0 on the clock, it's a wrap on the 2022 season. So, uh, just kind of want to know what the vibe of these players are. You know, how Josh Jacobs is, is looking or feeling. Devontae Adams, I know he popped up on the injury report. Uh, Josh McDaniels earlier today said that he's good to go. He was, uh, you know, already at the building and, and, and pumped up, ready to go for this week. So, just kind of want to see what the vibe is. And we'll get that from Adam Hill at 4.30. So, you know the guest coming up on the show. Josh Klinger, he'll join us at 2.30 from Sports Radio 610. Talking about the Chiefs. Eric Galco at 3. Paloma at 3.30, Jason Horowitz at 4, and Adam Hill will close us out at 4.30. And any kind of sound that we get from the Raiders locker room in between now and then we'll definitely bring to you as well. So let's go ahead now and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You know, side note real quick, because we're getting ready to talk about Jarrett Stidham, and I want to ask a question about Jarrett Stidham. He appeared on the injury report yesterday, and I know we didn't get a chance to go over it. We had really a heavier show as we were really talking about Tamara Hamlin in, in pretty much the whole three hours. But uh, he appeared on the injury report, right elbow injury. So Adam Hill asked uh, Josh McDaniels earlier today, about the health of Jared Stidham. He said, hey, if you know, if if he's if he's not good to go, Chase Garbers is obviously the backup, but is there an emergency quarterback that you'd go to afterwards? And it was funny because at one point Sashawn Reed had asked Coach McDaniels about uh, the linebacking core and how the linebacking room was really thin. And so he had asked him, you know, like who are you going to put out there? And so Coach McDaniel said well, Tashaun, do you have any eligibility or whatever? You know, just, just having fun. And so, you know, we just we made a joke in the media room saying that Tashawn is going to be a practice squad linebacker now. So when Adam asked Coach McDaniels, and we'll talk to Adam at 430, he asked him about who's the emergency quarterback is. Damon, Coach McDaniels looked over at me and pointed in my direction. And everyone in the room swears that he was saying, oh, next question, or pointing at me like next question, even though I didn't have my hand up to ask a question. So, I'm assuming that he means that I was going to be the next, like, the emergency quarterback. And I don't have too much in the arm. I got a little wiggle in the legs still, but I don't got too much in the arm. But everyone's like, oh, no, he was just saying, Q, you, you get the next question. I'm like, wait, hold on. If Deshaun could be a linebacker, why can't I be emergency quarterback? I could be on the practice squad. Why, why can't I get a little bit of love? Yeah, the uh, the jet option. Right. It's going to be the specialty play. And it might not be too much jet. <laughs> <laughs> it might just the wing be tee. it might yeah exactly. It might be the oh damn I got the ball here you take it. <laughs> it might be that situation. But he pointed my direction. What kind of point was it? I know they can't it, see his, No right at me. I mean it was it was directly at me and it's funny because there you know a couple other guys were like, "Oh, well maybe he was talking about Daryl." I was like, "Daryl, wasn't even near me. Like, I was the only swing of D on that side of the room. You know what I mean? Like, I sit on the far side of the room where the, uh, the bathrooms are. So I'm basically, I'm on the left side. Uh, if I'm sitting at the, at the desk, I'm at the left side. There was nobody where I was. Nowhere close. Paul Gutierrez is on my side, but he was all the way in the back. So he definitely didn't point at him. So I think he pointed in my direction. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I, that's, I, I could be the, the practice squad quarterback come Saturday. I'm just saying.
5: Oh, man, I cannot wait for this game. Q's kickoff <laughs> and then Q's
3: suiting up. Right, exactly. I'm going to do the pregame to the pregame show, and I'm going to make a beeline to the locker room. I'm going to get ready. <laughs> I can't wait. The pregame speech. What would your number be? What's the number going to be? Um, That's a good question. I, I think I'd rock. There's certain numbers that you don't want to be because you don't, you know what I mean? That's too much pressure. Um, my son wears number two at Western Oregon, so I think I'd rock number two for him. How about that? All right, man.
5: And you know what we're going to do since we have
3: Jason? Because my on favorite four? number is 24, but 24 is way too much pressure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I ain't wearing that. You can have that.
5: <laughs> at 4 o'clock, I'm going to ask Jason Horowitz to do a call okay. of Q Myers back at quarterback.
3: Okay, okay. That's what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll have him do a little uh, me rolling out. I do have a little wiggle on my legs. I'm rolling out. I'm not going to stand in the pocket and take a hit like Stidham did. I ain't trying to get the mouth bloodied up, right? We got a job to do on Monday. We got to talk. So I can't have the, the mouth bloodied up. But I'll have him do the call of me rolling out, and I don't want to do a check down. I want to have a little bit more glory than just, you know, a, a check down for my only attempt in the game. I'm already putting myself in the game. That's funny. Um, how about I'll I, I'll hit, I'll hit, I'll hit Foster. I'll look for Foster or Hunter. Because Hunter is used to catching passes that are bad, and I'm not, and that's not a shot. No, no, that's not a shot at the quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but Hunter Renfro, he said that why he's so good at catching passes because he used to stand in the backyard with his mom and catch passes, and she was terrible, and he used to have to dive and catch. That's that's what I mean by he's used to catching bad passes. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know someone else would be like, "Oh, Ben, you son-. no, I ain't going there." You know um,
5: who would be the most mad about you getting the um the backup backup quarterback position? Who A J. Cole. He's Why? been waiting for this moment his whole life, oh, I believe. <laughs> really?
3: He's too valuable. <laughs> Don't get hurt, young man. Let my dumb self get hurt. <laughs> He'd be sitting there like Q gets a shot before me. <laughs> but his his money is long, man. My money is wrong, right? So he'll I think he'll be okay. I might end up having to I might have to do like I did when I played in the adult league in Fresno, California, where I had to pay. Right? <laughs> they didn't pay me, I had to pay them. So maybe maybe that's what uh maybe that would be the situation. Coach McDaniels would say, Q, we're going to put you on the practice squad, but this is the deal. You're going to have to give us, you're going to have to cut us a check. And, you know, that would that would probably be my, my luck. I'd be the only guy in the league that has to cut a check to be on the squad. Just saying.
5: And you'd also, oh, you and no, Tom Brady, I was going to say you'd be the oldest person in the league too, but now Tom Brady's got you beat by a year or two.
3: Wait, I'm 46. How is he? Isn't he 46? Oh, no, you guys are the same age. There you go. See, I'm Tom Brady. You're putting Brady in. The Black Brady. (laughs) The comparison we never thought we'd hear today. The the Black Brady. Oh, wait, that's Wayne. (laughs) All right, let's get serious. Let's get into the opening drive now that I got my claim to fame about being a practice squad quarterback. But I did want to talk about the quarterback position. So – we saw a good game from Jarrett Stidham. I think everyone could agree with that, regardless of if you like the situation or not, you're happy he's in the game or not, whatever. I think we all understand we saw a good game from Jarrett Stidham. I think that he uh, earned the trust of his his teammates. I think he earned the trust of his teammates in practice. But the way he went out there and played a, a very, I think, gutsy game. You know, he took a couple shots that were some pretty hard hits some hits that he probably didn't have to take. I know a couple on the broadcast, uh, on the TV broadcast were saying, you know, he's got to learn to get down. He, he doesn't have to take all those hits. He can slide. Uh, doesn't always have to, you know, show how tough he is. But I think he, he earned a lot on Sunday. And so I know a lot of people came out of that game and was like, man, that's the truth. That's the guy. You know, get him in the game all the time. Well, look, he's a free agent after this year or after this this game, basically. When the calendar year, when the um, the, the, the seasonal year, you know, the the um, 2022 season, when it comes to a wrap. He's a free agent. So what would you like to see from Jarrett Stidham this week? Like if you, if you kind of think that maybe this guy has an opportunity to be a Raider long-term, not saying he's necessarily going to be a starter. He could be potentially just a really good backup. But what would you like to see as far as Jarrett Stidham on, Sunday, on Saturday? Excuse me. If there's any kind of something that you think, well, maybe he didn't do this well enough, or I didn't see enough of this from him, or maybe you just want to see can he do it again? Now that there is uh you know now that there's some actual film out there on him how Kansas City could how they may adjust to what he does really well and is he able to still run? You know, is he able still to get outside of the pocket? Or are they going to have, you know, are they going to be aware of, of that skill set that he has and, and kind of try to take that away? Whereas it looked like San Francisco looked like they were completely caught off guard. DeMar, you mentioned that they said that, or Nick Bosa said that they, uh, you know, underestimated the Raiders. So maybe they just thought that, oh, this is a backup quarterback. He ain't going to be worth the salt. Maybe that's the case, but he looked pretty good. You know, that's the one thing I could take away from that game when it comes to Jarrett Stidham. I thought he looked really good. So I do want to know. What you like to see from Jared Stidham this week? And what do you think, I think that's the key word, what do you think it would take for him to earn the opportunity to at least compete for that starting job in 2023? Remember, the Raiders would have to bring him back. He is a free agent. So what do you think it would take for him to have an opportunity to compete for that starting job? I'll say, I'll say this. We could throw this out right now. He can compete for the starting job as long as there's not a high-profile veteran in front of him. Right? If they bring in a high-profile veteran, there is no competition. And and then then that's a wrap. But let's just assume that they don't, right? Let's just assume that that's not the case. Let's let's assume that what Raider Nation doesn't want to see, you know, a, a veteran that has ties to New England, whether it be Tom Brady, Jimmy G, or whoever else, that doesn't happen. That just doesn't pan out. So maybe they go into the draft and get somebody. So now you have you know Stidham and that that rookie. What would you, what would you what would you want to see as far as guys with the opportunity? to compete for that starting job. So that's really the question that I have for you at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, let's see. Got Raider Way hit us up and said, they're going to double team the check downs like Belichick did the car for Q. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't got much in the arm, man. I might try to pick up a yard, though. <laughs> and you know I'm a slide. I'll probably slide too early, and I'll probably lose a yard. They'll be like, oh, that's a sack. You start sliding too early. Got to get down, man. Got a text from the 702. The name on the back of Q's jersey should be Nickelback because he's only a fifth of a quarterback. I, 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 can, I can rock with that. Look, like, as long as I got a jersey, as long as I got a name on it, it don't even have to be my name. It could be someone else's name. Like, you know, it's like the, uh, those jerseys that, you know, when a guy, like like Baker Mayfield. when Remember when he got picked up by the Rams, it looked like they just found a jersey that fit him? Like, here, put this on, dummy. That's what it looked like, right, even though he went and won the game. That's what it would be for me. They'd just be like, all right, man, look. There's all the extra jerseys over there. Just find one that fits. I come out with some weird looking number, like 68 or something. or so. you know, what I mean, some number, some number that's like an offensive lineman or you know, a, a fullback's number. Oh, here's an extra fullback's number. Here, oh, yeah, this one happens to fit you for some dumb reason. Here, you, like whatever, it'd be some rando jersey that fits me. They like, say, how the hell did you he get that number? It's the only one that fit.
5: <laughs> I was just thinking, the first player on the sideline that's monologuing his performance as it's going on. Oh he'd yeah, he'd be doing the
3: show. For oh, yeah. For your teammates. And they be like, yo, Q, what are you talking about? Hey, man, I'm just narrating the show, man. I'm just narrating the game. That's all. That's all I'm doing, man. I'm, I'm here for your entertainment. <laughs> Strictly your entertainment. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Thank you so much for those texts. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
2: Hey, Q, I can or- already hear uh, Harmon on the sideline saying, Q, you got to stay on your feet.
3: <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> you know he would. You know he would. Yeah, and,
2: and, uh, yeah, Devon, dude, I, I was waiting for the We Need a Medic uh, soundbite to drop, man. That's that was, funny. That was perfect timing.
3: That's funny. I was
2: waiting for it, dude.
3: That's okay, like that hey, man. Yeah, that's I like how you think, man. I like how you think.
2: But, uh, yeah, dude, I just want to say, like, on something positive real quick. Just, uh, Devontae Adams, man, uh, breaking Tim Brown's record, and he did it in a 16 game season, not a 17 game season, you know? Uh, just a lot of respect to, uh, Devontae Adams and, uh, you know, also, I guess Derek Carr for, you know, at least helping Devontae Adams get him that achievement. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, then Josh, Jake jo- Josh Jacobs, he's 152 yards away from breaking Marcus Allen's record. However, this would be a 17 game, uh, right. you know, a stretch versus a 16 game, but still, uh, maybe a long shot for Jacobs to get 152 yards, but Man, if he could break that, that would just be the icing on the cake through a real trumpet or a not-so-good year and whatnot, you know. And, uh, you know, sit him. I mean, I don't know, man, 280 yards, 250 yards, and two touchdowns, you know, and maybe one interception and no interceptions. And just let's see some production and go from there. So appreciate you guys.
3: Okay, good stuff. Thank you for the, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I think that that 150-plus yards for Jacobs is going to be really hard to get. I, I really do, just because I don't know what his health is right now. He's, you know, got a, a, a what was it, a hip and oblique injury that he that he uh, popped up on the injury report with. And I know Joshua Daniels talked about him earlier today. And they're going to, of course, uh, evaluate him. They're not going to put him out there just to try to rush and win the rushing title or try to break records. Like they're not going to do anything uh, that's an individual individual record. Uh, Joshua McDaniels described it earlier today as if it's something that's within what the team is doing and helping the team win, it's different. But they're not just going to go ahead and put him out there. So I can't imagine that he has an opportunity to run that many times. But you never know. A big run or, or two – uh, also, in those those uh, those yards pile up pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. So you never know how it's going to shake out. Uh, should be interesting, but I'm I'm really interested in Jarrett Stidham because I think that he has a lot to showcase. I think he has a lot to put on the line. Uh, he's auditioning not only for the Raiders but the rest of the league as well, because uh, every team needs quarterbacks. So you know he he I think he earned a lot of respect. On Sunday against the 49ers, going up against the number one defense in the league, and you put up, you know, help put up 34 points, Uh, I think that's a really good thing. Three touchdowns he threw, only him and Patrick Mahomes have done that this year against San Francisco's defense. Not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, but those are the only two guys that have done it this year. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Josh Klingler, Sports Radio 610. He'll join us next to talk about those Kansas City Chiefs. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive
0: of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced
6: Silverado ever.
0: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
3: Two thirty is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's say Roughness, my man, DeMond Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. And joining us now on the phone lines from Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City is Josh Klingler. And, Josh, thanks so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you. And before we get into Raiders Chiefs Saturday, I want to ask you just about the situation going on that we all witnessed go down on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati with DeMar Hamlin. How is Andy Reid and the Chiefs as they get back to work? How are they kind of handling this and talking about this with their players, trying to ease their minds a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean I think it's kind of what we've seen around the rest of the NFL, right? A lot of a lot of discussion about you know safety and and you know making sure everybody's in the right headspace to to try to go forward with a game, which I think is a big struggle across the entire NFL.
3: So, uh there you go. We were uh, right into <laughs> right into my man's first answer, and then we quickly lost him. I think DeMond is connecting him right now, and if we do, we just got the Raiders' injury report, so we'll go over that in just a few minutes. But we're going to try to get uh, Josh back on the phone lines and uh, see what he had to say about the Chiefs and what they're doing moving forward with uh, you know, the situation going on that we saw on Monday Night Football with DeMar Hamlin. So, again, as soon as DeMar gets him, we'll get back to him. Uh, the injury report, as I mentioned, it did come out. I just tweeted it out at your boy Q254. And, of course, uh, also at R&R 920 AM if you want to check that out. Uh, let me go over it real quick. Full participants, Devontae Adams, who was not a participant, was limited on Tuesday, A.J. Cole was limited on Tuesday. Both guys had illnesses. They were both full participants today, which is good. And Jarrett Stidham with the right elbow injury that we talked about, he was limited on Tuesday, full participant as well today. Uh, did not participate, Josh Jacobs, hip on oblique injury on Tuesday. Today it was a rest personal day and did not participate. So that's from J.J. right there. And Darian Butler, limited with a concussion. Those are the ones for the Raiders. For the Chiefs, they have a few updates. Two guys that did not participate on Tuesday, Sky Moore and LeJarius Sneed. Instead of not participating, they were limited today. Also, McCole Hardman, the wide receiver, he was activated from IR. He was limited today. Uh, Kicker Harrison Butker, dealing with the back injury. Uh, Wasn't listed on Tuesday, did not participate. If you remember, going all the way back to week five, he didn't play. Remember? Because he was dealing with the injury as well, so he didn't uh, play at all. Uh, In week five. So now all of a sudden he's not participating with the back injury. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. Linebacker Nick Bolton participated fully. uh, And Joe Thune, the guard who was limited on Tuesday, uh, was limited again today. So there you go. That's the injury report for the Raiders and the Chiefs for Wednesday. We'll get another one tomorrow. And then we'll find out 90 minutes before kickoff what's going down, who's active, who's inactive for both the Raiders and the Chiefs' 130 kickoff from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, DeMar Cotton's back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and do you have an update on uh, Josh? Are we able to get Josh, or do we uh, have to keep it moving?
5: Let's keep it moving for now.
3: Okay, there you go. You heard the man speak. So uh, we'll continue to uh, hear from you, 702-365-9200, and also our AdobeBroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Want to know what you like to see from Jarrett Stidham this week. What is is it going to take for you to even have more confidence in the young man that got his first career start on Sunday against the 49ers in that number one defense and did a really good job? So we want to hear from you. I got a text from Raider Richie from Arizona. He says, uh, I was looking for the Q jersey on Fanatics and couldn't find it. Anyway, go Raiders and beat those Chiefs. Raider Richie from Arizona. And I guess the Q as the practice squad quarterback is never going to get uh, – uh, that conversation will never die. Uh, and that's a good thing. So we definitely uh, appreciate that. But now joining us on the phone lines again is Josh Klingler from Sports Radio 610. And, Josh, thanks for reconnecting with us. And you were talking oh, yeah. about – yeah, no problem. <laughs> you were talking about Andy Reid and what they were doing uh, right now in Kansas City trying to deal with what was going on with DeMar Hamlin in, in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I mean just hearing from some of the players today, it's kind of the kind of the same thing like uh, they're all, you know, they're all shook. Um what maybe was a little bit different here, everybody in Kansas City was watching that game it had a lot uh, on the line for the Chiefs. If if uh, Buffalo had had lost that game, the Chiefs would be the number one uh number one seed. Um both of these teams have beaten the Chiefs in the regular season. This was uh, we we jokingly called it. This was the biggest game in Kansas City this year, not involving the Chiefs, right. uh, and that involved the Chiefs. And so they were really locked in in this game, um, players, coaches alike. And so they all watched what we all
3: watched. So that's, that's how it goes sometimes. That's how it goes. That's fine. No worries. Uh, you know, we tried. I don't want to keep uh, catching them and losing them. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So that's okay. Uh, no worries. No worries at all. We'll just keep the party rolling, and we'll try to figure this thing out uh, at some other point. And uh, we still have more time, like tomorrow and Friday, to go ahead and, and get a preview of what's going on with Kansas City. But there you go. Josh Klingler. Almost got one answer out. <laughs> Sometimes, DeMond, that's how it is, right? That's just, that's how it be. But that, that'll work. No worries. Let's go back to the don'tbebroke.com text line, and also we'd like to hear from you at 702-365-9200. DeMond, let me start with you. Let me ask you. I know I'm not going to lose you. What, uh, what do you want to see from Jarrett Stidham on Saturday?
5: It's a very interesting question because I want to say I want to see a performance like he put up against the 49ers, but I don't know how realistic it is. I tried to go back and look at some quarterback performances. Let's say Mike White last year when he had his big game where they put his jersey in the Hall of Fame. Where the game after, he got knocked out that game, and Mm. then the, the game following that he had 250 yards in his next full start as opposed to like the 400 yards that he put up in his first start. So it's I don't know what the precedent is for a quarterback. You get that first start, and then you continue to be just as hot in the second.
3: Right. And see, that's the thing. I think that most people are going to look at numbers and touchdown passes. You know, I think they're going to see that. I'm more looking at command of the offense, understanding of the offense. You know, uh, there was times in that game where it looked like he was going to have a delay of game. There was times in it where it looked like, you know, maybe there was a little confusion at the line of scrimmage. Like, I think smaller things like that, is what I really am looking for. Where it looks like he's in more of control of being the starting quarterback as opposed to uh, a a really good backup, right? And and Devontae Adams and every player that we talked to in the locker room following the game, they all had great things to say about him, the way he prepares. I want to see how he takes his preparation and what he did on Sunday and then translates it to Saturday. And like I said, just make it look a little even more clean like a starting quarterback would.
5: Can I say this about Jared Stidham? Yes, he set the bar too high for himself. Where you're looking at the <laughs> command. No, <of> the, he <laughs> didn't. <laughs> you're looking no. for those smaller things, and no. I'm al- and I'm already like ratcheted it up a bit. uh no. like the ball. He set the bar too high for himself. I'm no. not saying that he's got to go out there and play at an all-pro level. Him and Mahomes are gonna duke it out in the best QB duel we've ever seen. But I want to see those same numbers be replicated.
3: No, and- no, no quarterback does those same type numbers every game though.
5: But like I said you, he did it to himself. He
3: had no. too good of a game. <laughs> no, that's that is him he didn't win the damn game, right? I mean, <laughs> look, how can you have too good of a game and lose? Man, you you <laughs> I don't want to say nothing bad about you at LV, but that it seems like that that's that mentality coming back we had those conversations about before, right? Come on, man. You no, he didn't even win the game. You know, I mean if you want to talk about if you want to talk about, you know, outdoing himself he, I mean, don't have those interceptions. And I know that, you know, before someone tells me they weren't his fault, there's still interceptions. They're still on him, right? <laughs> I mean, an interception is an interception. It led to points. It led to them losing the game. Like, I don't think that there's anything that he did that could have outshined. You know what I mean? Like, hell, he could have a much better game on, uh, on Saturday as far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of things I think he could have done better. My man said he, he did it to himself. Oh, man, let's go out to the phone lines. I, someone's got to talk some sense to you, man. 702-365-9200. Is it Dave in Las Vegas? You up? Yeah, right here, man. What's up, Dave? Welcome to the show.
0: You know, Kansas City's defense has nothing on the 49ers' defense, so I'm expecting them to do better. Or did the 49ers just have a down day? People are anointing this guy our new quarterback. He needs to show up. He needs to show up. That's what I'm saying. Got a defense that's not as good. You should do better.
3: Okay. That'll work. That'll work. I mean, and that's the thing. You know, he could do better. He could do better, and the 49ers' defense is tough, but I will say, and DeMond, you know because you were in their locker room, they said that they underestimated the Raiders, so I feel like that they really went into that game thinking that they were going to just have a you know easy day at the, at the office and they were going to run through the silver and black, and that wasn't the case, so I think that they really caught them off guard.
5: Yeah, Nick Bosa said that, you know, obviously from the defensive end, but Christian McCaffrey also said, or it was Christian McCaffrey or George Kittle, excuse me, I'm getting my offensive players mixed up, <laughs> but they said, we should have put them away earlier. That right. was said that we should have put them away earlier. So I think that, you know, the entire team, not only on the defense where they underestimated Stidham, I don't think that the 49ers as a team went in there thinking that the Raiders would put up that much of a fight.
3: Right. And I think that they looked at Jared Stidham as a backup quarterback and said, oh, that's a backup quarterback. Right. And, and what's he going to do? You know, just similar to what a lot of us were talking about when we were talking about the Houston Texans when they were coming to town. It's like, oh, that quarterback hasn't really done anything. That quarterback's not doing this, that, and the other. I mean, I think that's easy for people to say and just say, oh, this quarterback's getting his first career start. What can he really do? Oh, and the number one defense, he's not going to do anything. That's I kind of think that that's what, you know, that was what they did. Not saying that that was the reason why he had a good day because, again, he's been – preparing himself to be the starting quarterback he's been preparing himself since he was in high school to be a starting quarterback of an nfl team one day and he's done some really good things in college he just never he never turned into that guy in the nfl when he had the opportunity it looked like he was getting the opportunity in new england he got injured so uh, all these years later he's getting his first career start. i thought he did a good job on sunday but raider nation i want to hear from you what would you like to see from jared stidham come saturday against the chiefs what would make you feel better about the chances if the team were to move forward with him. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. Also, our AdobeBroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r Coming up at 3 o'clock, Eric Galco, Director of Football Ops from the East-West Shrine Bowl. This is Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
3: Got a text it's on AdobeBroke.com, text line 69187, keyword r I'd like to see the same mobility from Stidham. It was a breath of fresh air to see our quarterback use his legs and not his sideline arm reach for no gain. That's off the don'tbebroke.com text line from the 530. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200 as we ask the question, what would you like to see from Jared Stidham this week? And I got to start off with this one right here, man. This is, I've never heard this name before, and uh, this one's fantastic, man. Captain Nemo Starship Raider Nation. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> What's up, Doc?
1: Captain's Log start day four, 2023. First of all, let me just say that game we lost was the best game we ever lost for me. I've been a fan for since the 60s. And the reason I say that is because Raider Nation sees what we can do when we have a quarterback they can throw the ball, run the ball, hand the ball off. He can chew gum and walk at the same time. It's what we need. The whole generation, this next generation of football is all about you got to have a quarterback that can throw the ball, run the ball, hand the ball, call the plays, change the plays. And you got to have some guts. you got to hang it. You see how many shots? I just want him to play the same way he played this game. If you look at those... Uh, if you look at that game and you look at the uh, preseason game, he's playing more or less the same. Using his legs, breaking tackles, throwing the ball, extending the line. Come on, man. Raider Nation, we need a quarterback just like him. Look at all the good teams. They got quarterbacks that can run it, throw it, call the plays, change the plays. And another thing, we dog our defense too much. If you look.
3: they. I don't know what it is with phones cutting. I'm sorry, Captain Nemo, Starship Raider Nation. Your phone cut out on that one. Uh, it's like when you start talking about something that the phone don't like. It all of a sudden it hangs up. But uh, uh, I got your point on the uh, on on the quarterback position, and uh, you're right. I think that that is a almost a prerequisite. Like, now, I mean, there's quarterbacks that can stand in the pocket and sling the ball around the yard. That ain't gonna. They're not gonna run around uh, too much. But for the most part, I mean, you look across the league. You're right. Quarterbacks that are mobile are a big plus. I mean, they absolutely are. They could do a lot of good things, and I think that what you saw from Stidham was good. I'd like to see it again. And, again, it's not necessarily the same numbers because the same numbers are going to be hard. I mean, this guy threw for more than 350 yards and three touchdowns, so that's not going to be easy. But, you know, just out there having command of the offense, out there showing that he has an understanding of how he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL or just look like a starting quarterback in the NFL. Thank you so much for that call. Let's go out to Mike right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
7: You know, Q, Dad, I'd like to answer your question and hit on a couple points, and I'll it. hang up and let you and Q, let you and DeVon answer them. But
3: with, with Stidham,
7: I just want to see him run, run McDaniels' offense capably just like he did in the last game. Win or lose, hopefully it's a win, but see him execute that offense the way McDaniels has it, the way he did that, that way, because then it gives hope for, hey, McDaniels is calling the right plays and doing the right thing when he's got the right guy under center.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. Good and then, stuff. Go ahead.
7: And, and then next, on the Tom Brady issue, there were a lot of people were, are hyping it up that, you know, maybe Tom Brady could come. I'm looking at it as Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay because he kind of had a ready-made offense and a ready-made defense. that was kind of plug-and-play, put him in. He didn't have to worry too much. Whereas here, we know we ain't got a great defense. Even if he comes up and hangs 30 points on the team, we're going to give up 40. So I kind of makes me wonder: Is he really going to want to come some someplace like this? The next one was Derek Carr's been in the league nine years. You know, everybody everybody backs him up, and I've been a Derek Carr supporter since the day he's drafted. I'm not going to dog him, but i, w- I kind of wonder that you know he's been in. Everybody's given him the excuse that he's been in so many different systems: this coordinator, this coach, that coordinator, this coach. You know, he and through all of it, he's only been an average. a, a, a Uh, 12 to 20 range quarterback he's never elevated himself to an elite level well he's been in so many different systems you'd think he would have been able to elevate himself to an elite level aside from the you know the 2016 season when he was the MVP candidate but other uh, other than that you know he's never really elevated himself so thanks for taking a call and I'll just sit back and listen to what you guys got to say.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And, yeah, the thing about it is, and what I've been saying about Brady, if, in fact, that happens, and I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying it makes it makes sense that he would be a guy that they're looking towards, just like a Jimmy G would make sense. If they were to make a call for Brady, I think that that means 100% that they're going to dedicate themselves to improving the offensive line, even more than it already has improved. I'm not trying to dog them out, but, you know, I still think that there's obviously leaks in the offensive line. And also – improving the defense because of everything that you just said, that they have to, right? You just can't go in there and say, hey, Brady, throw up 34 points and lose, right? You can't. So I, I think that they would have to dedicate themselves to improving both sides of the ball like that in an effort to win. And I think this is a very important year uh, coming up for them to have to win. You know, I know some people will look at it and say, oh, they've got three, four years. I don't believe that. I don't believe that in this year, this this day and age of NFL. I think it's it's such a you-have-to-win-now type mentality that if you don't, then you could be on the outside looking in. So there's there's a lot of things that I'm glad I'm not in the front office. There's a lot of things that the front office has to come up with. Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, all of them, they have to figure out exactly what they need and do and, and what they want to be able to succeed uh, next year. Ron and Henderson, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, thank you guys for having me. Yes, love sir. you guys, Raider Nation. Love you. Been a Raider fan since I was born. I gotta say one thing. I can't stay on because, anyways. I don't think he's changed a thing. He looked great against the Niners. I mean, really great, man. I mean, like, he, he owned the field. I don't care if he threw two interceptions. That guy freaking threw great. He ran great. It was like he owned the field, man. He, he it looked like he knew what he was doing. Just keep practicing that way and make him a starter. I mean, you've got to give him a chance, you know? Right. He great. You know, I he looked like he was at Auburn.
3: <laughs> no, he did. He did. The only, the only question I have is because there's only one game left in the season, right? If there was like four or five games, I think you'd be able to get a nice sample size. But two games, is a, that's a tough that's a tough ask. You know what I mean? So that's that's all, That's that's all. kind of how I'm looking at it.
6: Warm like he did against the Niners. You know, I know the Niners, they weren't ready for that. But, you know, because they, they stepped it up at the end of the game. And Anyways. Gotcha. He looked
3: good. Yeah, he did. He did. I'll give him that. Thank, thank you, Ron, for your call. I appreciate you. Let's take one more quick one. How about Big Jose in San Jose? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
6: Hey, how you guys doing, man? Bless,
3: bless, bless. What's up?
6: Hey, first thing, before we get going, I want to uh, give a send of my prayers and best thoughts to the homie, uh Ron Hamlin. Yeah. And switching him a speedy and quick recovery. Yes. And second thing I want to say is, why not Jared Stidham, right? I mean, okay. they asked the question this morning, like, when do you think they decided that they were done with Carr? And I think it was the moment they traded for Stidham because I think McDaniels wanted somebody to come in and run his, run his offense the way it was intended to be ran, right? Okay. And, um, you know, he was like, bro, there was one time where he stared off Bosa. Bosa was in a full sprint and he stopped him in his tracks with a look. Because Bosa didn't know if he was going to take off, or find somewhere another outlet over the middle, or what he was going to do, right?
3: Yeah, that was so a play. I thought that
6: was a great piece of quarterback player, You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, Bosa because thought we it was. Had that. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, we haven't had a quarterback where we had to have the defense respect like their thinking, their athleticism, and their arm strength, right? And I think you know I was super impressed. You know, like we say on the east side. We said, you know, act like you've been somewhere before, right? <laughs> and that dude. He'd been there, you know what I mean? He showed up and showed out. And let me tell you the story about this cat that used to be a backup in Tampa Bay. Couldn't get a job there. Then he was a backup to 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 the good at the time in San Francisco, and they wound up being a Hall of Famer. So why not sit him, bro? You know what I'm saying? That's all I got.
3: All right, appreciate you. Yeah, and that, po- that play you were talking about with Nick Bosa, Bosa thought that that was going to be a screen pass. So he, he was coming downhill, and then all of a sudden the way that you said Jared Stidham looked at him uh, made him believe it was going to be a screen pass, which is great eye manipulation from Jared Stidham because it did stop him in his tracks and make him start to backpedal, and then it ultimately ended up not being uh, a screen pass. And it could, I think... I can't remember exactly what the end result of that play was. I thought that was that deep shot to Darren Waller that fell incomplete, but I'm not 100% sure. But I do remember exactly what play you're talking about. I just don't remember the outcome, which, you know, great. I know half the play. So, but uh, as far as manipulating with Nick Bosa, uh, I know what you were talking about. So thanks for that call. And, uh, again, it, like I said uh, earlier to, to Ron, I feel like it's just such a small sample size, it's hard to just say, yeah, okay, no doubt, he's the guy. Now, if he had, you know, five or six games under his belt, and you can see the consistency, especially after teams get you know a, a bunch of film on them, then I think that it, you'd probably be a lot more confident than being able to say, oh yeah, uh, he started material, but I just don't know if you'll be able to understand that after two games, and, and as mentioned, he's a free agent following the deal, uh, so or following the year. So we'll get back to that conversation. You can continue to hit us up on the com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, we'll kick off Hour 2 of the show. Eric Galco, Director of Football Operations for the East-West Shrine Bowl game. He'll join the show. It's Rare Nation Radio, 920.